everywhere, uh, definitely on the Billboard Hot 100, and became Warren's first chart, tarter, uh, top, chart topper. Diane Warren's first chart topper. Yeah, so good song. You know, there's FM. Let's talk about something completely different now. Um, interesting story about somebody who was the CEO of a company and then decided, you know what? That's fine. But I also want to be a rally driver. So I'm going to go become a rally driver and pretty successful one. His name is Henny de Clack and uh, plenty to talk about. Henny, thanks for joining us this evening. How's it going? John, good evening. I must say that's a good a tongue twister uh, <laughs> yes. that you had there. But what a song, uh, eh? Yes. I, 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 do it to my, I do it to myself every weekend. It's like, why don't you just say something simple, John? No, no, no. Let's complicate matters. Which yeah, is, I love the 90s. Which, which is your story, <laughs> isn't it, Henny de Clack? You complicated matters. You were at liquor, good financial job, CEO. Why did you become a rally driver? I suppose, you know, uh, it's in your genes. Yeah. And uh, at, at some point, I just, you know, wanted to ratchet life up and do a bit something different and uh, spoke to, you know, a discussion about a beer with a friend became a serious discussion. And one day I said to him, you know, I want to do Dakar. You know, it's that, I don't know. I just always saw it on TV and just uh, aspiring. At the, at the time when I chatted to me about it, I was doing mm-hmm. some track racing and I was participating in the Porsche Cup. And I said, you know, I can't just go around the track, you know, every weekend, you know, lap after lap after lap. There must be something else out there. And they introduced me to off-road racing, and yeah, that was you know that, that was it. Uh, and um, slowly the, the dream matured, and then I got the opportunity to do Dakar in 2018. Yeah, I'm just saying. Sometimes I, I enjoy my beer, but sometimes we shouldn't have beer because those com- those beer <laughs> conversations get us into trouble sometimes. <laughs> Absolutely. Good be of a good night. That's about. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So you just saw this. You just decided I'm gonna I'm gonna get off the track and and rally driving is for me. It's it's so very different though. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I think you know it, it obviously doesn't happen overnight. It's like a process. Um, mm. You know, you have to buy your first off-road car. Made lots of mistakes. You know. Um, actually, I think I've rolled my car how many times? I can't you know stop counting. You know. Uh, but it's all about, you know, the adventure and about the unknown. And, you know, like I said, I was, I was doing track racing, but at some point I decided I want to do something different. Um, got into my first rally car, you know, but not a rally car. It's off-road racing. It's a bit different than the normal rally and the WRC kind of stuff we see. Uh, but both are very intense. And uh, it was just a different world to me. The fact that it's so unknown that you don't know what's around the corner because this mm. is uh, WRC, you know, you get the track in advance, you, you get notes and stuff like that. You can even drive the track the day before, you know, you can make your own notes, but in, um, in um, off-road racing in Dakar, it's completely different. You get the, the route the morning, and Dakar is even more difficult because you only work on a compass, you know, and directions. There's no GPS yeah. that tells you you're lost wow. and that kind of stuff. You know, so you have to have a proper navigator. And even though you don't think you can get lost, you can actually get uh, lost quite easily. Uh, if your navigator doesn't follow the instructions and, you know, the directions and you know, they will give you, say, three kilometers, you've got to go 90 degrees, you know, cap 90 and then it's cap 180 and it's cap 70 changes all the time. You gotta, wow. you know, take a brace of that. So it's a different, different environment, I must say. I guess you can't just follow the tracks in front of you because if the tracks are wrong, then you're going to be wrong. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. There's actually a funny story about uh, Stefan Peter Hansel, you know, who's won numerous decades. And uh, when he was uh, bike riding, I think he won it on the bikes like four, five, or six times or something like that. And it's just a legend. 
But uh, because he was so good in navigation, everybody would just follow him you know, because they know Peter Hansel. You know, you just follow him. So he would purposefully make a wrong turn uh, in a different direction, and then he would stop and then pretend there's something wrong with his bike. And all the top bikes would just, you know, oh, you know, there's Peter. We'll just keep, keep carrying on. And then, and then, you know, when they go past him, he'll, you know, get on his bike and turn around and go on the right route. You know, so that's how easily you can get lost. Okay, so tell us about the car that you raced in 2018 as the rookie. Yeah, yeah, I think that's probably the biggest misconnima, you know, about a car. You know, mm-hmm. it, although it, it it was supposed to, or it looks like an VW Amarok, you know, it's it's the right. look and feel of Amarok. But apart from the headlights and the VW sign on the front uh, on, on the bumper, that's that's all VW that's in the car. Nothing else. Oh, really? wow. None of those Dakar cars, none of the Toyotas, nothing is mm. built by the manufacturer. They are built, custom built. Interesting, South Africa, I think, is the biggest, you know, a lot of people doesn't know this. We are the biggest manufacturer of Dakar cars in the world uh, from a country. It's amazing. All the Toyotas obviously made here. Mm. All the Fords, New Woolwich Ford, they make them down in Pyramidsburg. Century Racing built all the CR6s, and then Redline built all the Nissans, and then w- WCT. They build the Amaroks and uh, Mitsubishis, and that's where I bought my car from them. But in the year that I finished, in 2018, of the 47 cars, I think we were 140 cars that entered. 47 of us finished, and I think 17 of the 47 were actually built in South Africa. You know, So wow. actually doing a lot of amazing things, and for the little mm. country uh, that's only 0.8% of the world GDP, we build a lot of that of cars. Excellent. Yeah, yeah. Uh, somebody was explaining to me because what minis do extremely well, and I'm always trying to imagine a mini mm. doing a Dakar. But yep. it, as you say, yep. it's really just the the outside looks that look yep. like a mini, there, and it's maybe a bit of sponsorship. Only the engine's going to come from from you know it's going to be a production engine, can't yeah. be a specialized engine. So the mini uses the three liter turbo, the diesel turbo from BMW. The Toyota uses the Lexus, and now they use the oh, turbos okay. now. And that kind of stuff, you know. So, and the Nissans would use the 5.6 liter Infinity engine, and the Ford would use the, you know, the Mustang engines and so forth. <laughs> but the rest, there's nothing. Remember, there's, yeah. the rest is all custom built. It's a frame. But I think the most interesting development, probably a lot of people are not always abreast of the, these Audis. We've got the e-trons, you know, that they competed mm-hmm. this year for the first yeah. year. Electric. Uh, oh, you know. It's that that's the interesting part of it, you know. It's actually they've got a they've got a two liter um, twin turbo engine at the back that makes 88 kilowatts. So it's actually just a generator that sits at the back of the car. Yeah. That makes 88 kilowatts of electricity, which then powers two electrical motors. So they actually they actually more or less fuel efficient than the V8s, but mm-hmm. lots of people think it's because it's electrical. So it is electrical. It's electrical motors, but obviously there's a petrol engine that sits at the back right. that drives those two electrical motors and stuff like that. And I think Audi is probably on the, or they, they, it's, it's maybe sometimes like Formula One that the rules are it depends on how you interpret them. Mm-hmm. Um, but those e-trons are on the brink of, but they're almost exploiting the rules, I would say. Um, okay. make, it looks like a, I mean it's all branded e-tron, but there's no e-tron in there. Although it's two electrical <laughs> motors. Okay. Yeah, I've got a yeah. two-liter turbo at the back charging it, you know, running Charging at 7,000. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they start them up and they run at 7,000 race all the time, you know. So, yes. uh, yeah. And you've got, you've, got talk, mm. you've, you've got talk from zero, which, which helps as well. Yeah. Take a guess how much talk those e-trons have got. 
I, I can't imagine. I, I don't know. I don't understand how talk works, but give me a comparison. Okay. Well, I mean, uh, a high performance car would give you a thousand talk. I mean, that's a lot of you know, petrol okay. turbo. You're lucky to get a thousand. That's a lot of talk. Mm-hmm. Those e-trons makes three thousand <laughs> newton meters of talk because it's all wow. electrical and it's instant. Yes. Wow. Okay, yeah. so besides the Audis, which will obviously be the competition, yeah. you want to do this again. Uh, in fact, your your third Dakar you want to do in a couple of years' time. Why does it take so long? Why can't you do the next Dakar at the beginning of the year? Yeah, um, interesting. I mean, because uh, so the rules change quite drastically um, in terms of the new cars. You will see all the new Dakar cars. That we call them big wheel cars. Mm-hmm. Um, so they allow the 4x4 cars to have 37-inch wheels, which are significantly bigger than we're running at the moment. Um, also, you have higher suspension travel, which means the car has to change a lot. You know, so you, you right. can't take an old car and upgrade it to new to the new specification. You have to build a new car. Okay. And um, new car built are, I mean, Toyota themselves, or all speed, which builds, they only build six cars a year. And... You know, two of them would go to Nassar would get one and Khamil would get one yeah. and stuff like that. So it's not as though you can walk into a Toyota dealership and order a one of those Iluxes <laughs> that you can do that with, unfortunately. <laughs> and also the price tag uh, are yeah. quite high. So there's quite a long waiting list um, that, that you have to get on to try and get a new uh, to get a new car and stuff like that. Like I said, but for, you know, new Woolrich was building and stuff like that. But it's at least a year mm. that you've got to wait for a car, so it's a lot because they don't build a lot of them, you know. Yeah. Um, like even Allspeed only built six, Ford probably built four, yeah. five, and Redline would probably build. It's a bit of a different car, but they'll build like ten and stuff like that. Uh, mm. But you know, and everybody wants one, so you got to wait. Mm. It takes quite what, a while. What are you doing? You're doing the, uh, the Morocco Desert Challenge. What are you driving in that one then? Yeah. So yeah, we 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 we're getting now our Toyota. Uh, at the end of November, uh, after a one-year waiting list, so we we can't wait. Yeah, so we, we ordered in September last year, and we're getting it in November this year. You know, talk about lead times. <laughs> um, but I must say, the the war in in Russia and Ukraine didn't do us any favor because surprisingly, some of the components in the gearbox that goes in the car, which is a set of racing gearbox, which is a very specialized gearbox. You won't believe it weighs 30 kilograms for that whole big car. It's a 30 wow. kilogram gearbox, so it's you know quite small and petite. Mm-hmm. Um, but with, with, with as smaller is as as expensive it is. But some of the components come from Ukraine, mm-hmm. so there was a massive delay in in ordering those gearboxes and stuff like that. So everything added up. But yeah, we'll uh, that would get the car end of November. Then then we'll do some testing on it. You know, just some preparation. And then, interesting, we have to ship, the, although the Morocco rally, that's part of my preparation for 2024, we'll go do the Dakar again. Mm. Um, but it, that's why I want to do Morocco next year. But we've mm. got to ship in February already wow. uh, because, you know, you know what's happening in Durban at the moment. You know? Yeah, um, good point, yes. There's, mm, a lot of yeah. ships, there's a lot of ships to the sea to my left here. Mm, yeah, there's a lot of delays all over. So they say shipping time from South Africa to, to Spain, where we've got to ship it, it's about 47 mm. to 50 days. Wow. Um, so already you've got to leave somewhere in February to get the car there, sort of middle of April, because the, the Morocco, mm. uh, they will drive it from Spain over the, you know, over the canal you know, in, into Morocco and then all the way down. It's an 18-hour drive from Spain all the way down to Agadir, which is a little bit small. 
but you guys yeah. love those long drives, so don't even come into yeah. what you do. Hedy uh, <laughs> de Clark, you, you started at the beginning about navigation, and you were telling us some of the tricks. Yeah. Who, who's your navigator, and what sort of trust and and team yeah. building do you have with your navigator? Yeah. yeah, so his name is Adrian Roots. Uh, he's been navigating me for a couple of years, a uh, nice uh, solid youngster. And yeah, I mean, you can be the best driver in the world, but if you don't have a good navigator, and you can see these top drivers, especially sometimes when, when Ganil doesn't do well or he struggles, you know, then it, in Dakar, it's just means his navigator is not gelling. And you can see Nassar is doing so well at the moment because he's got the same navigator. And they really, you know, you know, have got a good relationship with each other because you only, you know, it's long hours in the car and it's uh, it's highly tensed. Uh, so we would do 350 to 500 kilometers a day would be our racing kilometers on a Dakar stage. And Dakar now is 15 days, the, the racing. So it's about 5,000 racing kilometers uh, for, for the period. You know, that's long. You know, imagine, mm. you know, racing to Bloemfontein flat out. You know, there's no there's no stops. There's no engine. There's no wimpy, you know, <laughs> next to the road. You're just going to drive for five hours as mm. hard as you can. Um, I'll, the top speed is now limited to 170 kilometers an hour. They don't allow you oh. to go over it. Mm-hmm. But you will try and, I mean, if you consider 170 all the time. Yes, good luck. Uh, on off-road. off-road. On off-road, yes. Yeah, yeah you're yeah. not on a nice flat highway. Not at all, yeah. Sorry, I do have to ask the question quickly before you carry yes. on. Um, how do you wee? Yeah, you use a pee pipe. <laughs> really? You wee while yeah. you're driving? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. So, so a lot of people would use nappies, you know, adult yes. nappies. Uh, that's one thing. Uh, but uh, I, I got used to a pee pipe, you know, it's a medical condom <laughs> that you <laughs> that you put on with a little wow. bit of pipe that you strap on it and, it. and then in the car, you've got a little, you know, make a hole in the car and it connects to another pipe. So, you know, you, yeah, yeah. It's okay. uncomfortable. I, you know, it's not yeah, I can imagine. Uh, <laughs> in, in a fire suit with a helmet and yeah. the balaclava and all those things as well. Yeah. Yeah, and a pipe sticking out of your leg. I just yes. one one day I want to go to a beer fest with uh, <laughs> one of those, <laughs> and I just want to drink lots of beer and just stand there and you know don't have to keep, you know. That's, <laughs> Remember what we said at the beginning: nothing good starts with a beer conversation. Here, uh, uh, so you were telling us about the relationship. So you really have to be yeah. able to get along with your your driver, yes. not just not just trust them, but also to be able to sit yeah. next to them in those pressure yes. conditions for eight hours a day. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Uh, you actually, and you speak so much to each other, you know, at the end of the day, you you, you know each other inside and out. Because mm. apart from the five hours that you, the 500 kilometers, I mean, five 500 kilometers for us would be a good seven hours of racing. Uh, although we can do 170, they want to try and give us an average speed of 70 kilometers per hour over the day race distance. So okay. you might have some fast sections, but they'll at some point, they're gonna, you know, you're going to have slow sections as well. Mm because I want the average quarter 70 to 80 kilometers an hour. So once again, 500 kilometers, you're in for seven hours sure. in the car. So in that seven hours, you don't talk a lot. You know, you, you listen. Uh, it's oh. critical that you listen to what he says and what you've got to do and when you've got to turn. Because once again, uh, Dakar is all about driving a, a compass. You know, you don't, mm. you, you follow the road because the, the guy that plotted the route must have driven there as well. You know, it's not as though you're driving in the bush and there's no yeah. there's no road. You know, if you do that, then you know you're lost. <laughs> uh, 
but the previous guy who originally plotted it out, you know, he, he followed the route. They've got a, like a Hilux 4x4 D4D, which they do the scouting. Um, you know, so it, you know, it, it's doable in off-road car. But you've got to listen to him so carefully about, because we've got a, what, what they call it a waypoint. So they'll, you'll probably get, call it 300 waypoints a day. Uh, that you've got a, that, that every time you've got to pass the waypoint with 30 meters of accuracy. Wow. Um, so if you don't hit the waypoint within 30 meters, you miss mm. the waypoint. And then you you, you'll, pick, you'll pick up penalties. And if it's yeah. a difficult waypoint, like in the dunes and it's technical, mm. you'll get a two-hour penalty by wow. if you don't get it. So you really got to listen to him and make sure you follow the direction he tells you. Henny, I could talk to you for the rest of the night, but unfortunately we're out of time for now. Uh, we'll definitely catch up with you before you go off to Morocco, if that's all right, and we'll we'll see how your preparations are going. Fantastic. Looking forward to talking to you, John. Excellent. Thank you. Henny the Clack. Play some more and... 90s. Yeah, we'll do. We'll, we'll see what Ben's got lined up for us there. Uh, founder and CEO of Treasury One and now off-road racer. Uh, and he was a 2018 Dakar rookie winner, taking part in the 2024 Dakar. So he's planning for that already with the Morocco Desert Challenge next year. So good luck to him. We'll catch up with him uh, once he gets his new car. We'll see what it's like.